to pick up a touch in again, pick up a particular little piece that uh, is very central. Just the sense of being in, being in. Being in is a way of, of describing consciousness, what consciousness is about. <clears throat> consciousness uh, can be a confusing term, but whether this is mind or soul or cosmic consciousness or whatever, you know. But in this specific sense of Buddha Dharma, consciousness primarily is the experience of being in. It's not an entity, it's a process that is sustained. So it seems like an entity, seems like a state, but it's actually a continual process, rather like, uh, you know, when water is welling up and you get this continual pattern. It looks like it's solid, but actually it's just a pattern, like a vortex, yeah, or a welling up or a wave. It looks solid, but in fact it's just a, an energy pattern that's continuing to repeat. And the energy is called sankara. So sankara, uh, consciousness arises, is arisen or driven through sankara. This is a piece of Buddhist um, uh, theory. But uh, if you're familiar with dependent origination, you probably resonate with Pachya sankara, sankara pachya vijnana. So dependent upon this formative programming, process, activations, many of them not conscious, not personally driven, they're programmed in by karma, by past life, by what gets us into being here. We have often very no knowledge of at all. Programming, any more than we determine what genes we're going to get. You're in them. <laughs> you're, born in, you're born in genes. <laughs> So you can't see you out of it because you're in it. You, you are the result of that. So, yeah. And generally what's interpreted, that experience is interpreted as there's a me, which is a separate entity, and then there's a world around me, which is fairly fixed. And I can move around in that. The two are separate things. There's a me, and what's around me, and the two are separate. Yeah. And so on. That's the way it's ex- sensed, experienced. You know, you, your eyes, you look around and see there's this bodily form, and there's what's around it. There's the me bit, and there's the you bit. But, you know, you, you, you start to realize, well, of course, the body's always in something, isn't it? In a room in a meadow, in the ocean, in a bathtub, in a street, in a car. It's always in something. But you think, yeah, well, yeah, of course it is, but. But it's still fundamentally separate. And you realize, well, yeah, but what about the air coming in and the pores opening and the water, you know, yeah, but it's still fundamentally separate. What about the cells flaking off and, uh, (laughs) you know, you keep hanging on to this idea, it's fundamentally separate. 
It's fundamentally not separate, but it's superficially separate. <laughs> it looks like that, and that's fair, fair enough. When we come down to um, mind consciousness, then this pattern starts to get very, very suspect of being separate. <laughs> you know, there's me and my mind. <laughs> me watching my mind, and that's interesting, isn't it? How we that model, hang on to that model. There's me and my thoughts. Yeah, and yet, can there be a me without a thought, a mood, a feeling, a sensation, a perception, space, love, joy, aversion? Can there be a me that's got nothing whatsoever around it? You know, so yeah, well, maybe you get some nice space. So, okay, there's me in space. There's me in a pleasant space. There's me in a fearful space. There's the me sense, subtle sense of being in a comfortable, peaceful, calm abiding. We recognize that. This is consciousness. This is a refined consciousness. And the Buddha says you can take this, you can refine this to the point of such experiences as the sphere of nothing, the sphere of infinite consciousness the sphere of, of boundless space, the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. I mean, this is subtle stuff, you know. But it says, that's this as far as it goes. It goes to this level where there's barely any recognition of anything. It says, this is still consciousness. <laughs> this is still being in. This is still not, not Nibbana. I mean, this is the thing. If you want to go somewhere nice, this is the best place to be. But there's a, something else you could do, which would be uh, for your more last, long-lasting welfare. And really, this is about uh, not, not messing with consciousness, actually, but going to the sankhara, the activation, the programming that underlies it. The fundamental quality that begins to be you know, nibbled into and soothed out of and analyzed and shifted is the sense, is the I am sense. You know, the firming up sense, the holding sense, the sense of being this or being in this, the very subtle and sometimes not subtle at all holding. And so actually, when you know, this very, very subtle process and complex process the Buddha is saying it's actually really fundamentally only one thing you've got to hit or touch or yield. And it's this sense, I am. It doesn't mean annihilating it, but it means an approach that makes it irrelevant, unnecessary, not an issue, something that's got no emotional charge in it. And this is what softens and turns that sankara off. Now, you know, he's saying then, you know, don't don't ask me what what the results are apart from it's good, because you just kind of get to wanting to have it, <laughs> wanting to be in that, <laughs> and that won't work. But do recognise whatever you're in, the limitations, the impermanence of that experience. Not as bad, but recognise. 
the limitations of it, the impermanence of it, and that there's something having to keep it going, having to be in my state of samadhi or non-samadhi or reciting my stories to keep me busy. So being in consciousness. And you have lots of different uh, programs in that. And the fundamental one we might say is a very primary sense of, you know, before I am an identity, before I'm a personality, before I'm male or female, just this very primary sense of being sentient and how that is experienced, having edges, having boundaries. And quite a lot of this, these sheaths, you might say, of sense of being something, you know, particularly as we form much more into, you know, socialized, humanized persons from this very, you know, uh, primary egg, you might say, of being, a little initial birth moment into something more fully formed and detailed. And these sheaths of patterning get gradually established, don't they? You know, I'm being with other people. I'm being with a mother. I'm being with a couple of other people. I'm being, you know, suddenly all that, that, occur, all that occurs around that and then pretty much helter-skelter. We're being in a situation of many people, confusions, misunderstandings, uh, joys, knocks, sorrows, traumas, pressures, urges, performances, that all leave their imprint on the relational sense. Yeah. So who, what we seem to be is actually a relationship, not an entity, but a, but a, a story of relationship. <laughs> what we seem to be is the story of, of many, many relational experiences. the imprint of that. And I guess most of you know that, or experience that. Um, many of these are actually conscious, that come up in your mind, some of them not c- quite clear, but the feel, feeling of uh, inadequacy, or got to make something work. And we may very well, in that experience, think, oh, this is me. Why am I so pressurized? Why am I so driven? Why am I so neurotic? Why am I so judgmental? Why am I this one that? You're not. (laughs) Actually. But that's the imprint of the relationship. Relational field can be like that. If you're in situations where a lot of that program is coming up, how are you, get better, don't do this, don't do that, be like this, be like that. What do you expect to form? What do you think the form will be? Spacious, easy, loose, contented? <laughs> Not really, is it? And yet we keep coming through because it's, there's this, in, this fundamental uh, beauty of being you know, 
There is a fundamental clarity and fundamental quality that you know, keeps welling up. But it, as it wells up, and in the meditation this kind of starts to well up, flow up, it starts you feel the bruising. You, know, you come out of the car crash and you sort of stagger to your feet and then you feel all the bruising. And, the, and it's not, you've got to remember there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the, the, your, 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 your imprints are really thumbprints in the relational experience, thumbprints of relationship that are being carried, not released, being carried. Now, to a certain extent, some of the stuff we can see through, we can just, okay, that's that, that's that. Some of the stuff seems really impacted, or we sort of see through it, and yet we see through it with our heads, we see through it with our understanding, but we don't necessarily feel through it. We don't necessarily feel free of that. We can get some perspective on it. Okay, it's just that. Okay, you know. But maybe okay isn't really good enough. Maybe there's something, a fuller felt release. Bodily release. Emotional release. And I would say some of this is, is really like on the somatic level in nervous energies, how you hold yourself how one's experience of being, being in a, is held, and it gets kind of impacted into the into the nerves and into the tissues. Hence, uh, quite a lot of uh, what I encourage anyway is this somatic scanning and breathing in, breathing out through all that. Now, now the other fundamental. I would say mainstream of of Buddha Dhamma that you can, whatever school tradition, whatever it is, that you can firmly rely upon is the practices called the Illimitables, Apamana or Brahma Vihara, divine, sublime, boundless uh, abidings. These are certainly these are conditioned consciousnesses, conditioned spheres of consciousness. But they do help as as the whole samatha ethos uh, is about they're just helping the healing so that we can begin to sometimes uh, you know access where we are where we are held that the the limit the, you know what our being in has locked us into the Brahma viharas just uh, Kindness, kindness, uh, metta. The image here is of useful image is of the mother looking at her newborn child. That feeling of wishing to nurture, wishing to provide nourishment. Yeah. Seeing that which is lovable seeing that which which triggers that kind of interest in in nourishing in providing nourishment just may this be well mm-hmm. 
with men you tend to get it with cars it's that same kind of thing <laughs> so it's a, just that kind of swelling up of that uh, like a giving quality karuna compassion is, is that the image here is the mother child is a little older and the mother is just looking over to make sure he or she is all right. It's a protective sense. May they be free from harm. It's checking out everything around is safe. You know, that sense. Karuna, translated loosely speaking, it's compassion. Then mudita is the image here is of the the mother seeing her child has grown to you know adulthood or near adulthood. And feeling a sense of, you might say, paternal, maternal pride or enjoyment. She's doing really well. Look how fine, what a fine person she's become. What a good man he's becoming. A sense of enjoyment, appreciation of the growing strength and maturity or beauty of their offspring. That sense, enjoyment, this image. Mudita. And Upeka is the experience of the, the, the young one has become, an adult has moved away. It's kind of now living, you might say, independently in their own autonomy. And the parent is sitting back thinking, well, okay. She's going up and down. She'll learn. Yeah, I was like that. <laughs> You know, it's not that you don't care and you have that sense of, well, I hope they really can grow through this, but they have to do what they have to do. But it's not indifference. It's a sense of still the caring and you're letting them be who they have to be. Maybe this is a big one for for parents. Frontier to cross over for parents is, you know, seeing them do their stuff and thinking, oi, oi, oi. But <laughs> maybe they'll they'll grow through this, and may they be well. They've got their own karma to to live out. You know? If they need me, of course, you know, you'd be there. But you just don't want to press in too close. Upeka, it's a very spacious quality. So we tune into them. Some of the images may be useful. Tuning into that, and this is. What we're encouraged to offer to others in the relational sense, and really, you know, when you set up the basic understanding or sense of of empathy, it's called anukampati. Empathic sense means to others as to myself. Really, you know, respecting sentiency and the mysteries of it to others as to myself. Realizing we're not separate, we're not united, but we're not separate. But there's a, there's a resonance there. Mm. You set that up. It may be as you kind of feel that something like karuna comes up, you know, or protecting, having difficulty protecting them, basic or a basic sense of when you see someone suffering. The karuna, the compassion, or when you 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 uh, regard someone, you get the basic feeling of that interest in. It would be nice to.
you know, give something or, you know, recognize in a benevolent way, you know, good for you, hi. And then also uh, the the admiration or, oh, you know, he's doing well, that's great, that's great. She's had a good day, it's wonderful, she's passed, got her grades, ah, that must be nice, how happy I feel for their welfare. So these kind of touches of things, or you hear people's stories and you just going through this stuff and you go, mm, yeah, you know, and you're just holding presence, you might say. These are skills to develop. Then we come down to ourselves and the, the important reflection the Buddha made, though he didn't go really into a lot of details on these different qualities, believe it or not. But the things he did say that are repeated for all of them is these are an intention, chetana, chetasa, with intention as a deliberate sense of, you know, may that happen. And uh, boundless, uplifted, extensive, uncramped. It's not how much do you deserve or free from any, any of that cramping and ill will. And the really important one to remember, to others as to myself, to others as to myself. Now, when we come to really, you know, looking into or sensing our own beingness, which is a being in, what kind of atmosphere do it, are we being in? We may have noticed people talk about this self-judgment a lot. So we're in that. Is this the boundless abiding, free from cramping, free from lofty, abundant, generous, free from ill will? No, it's not. It's mean, it's cramped, it's, it's um, saturated with ill will. Yeah. Now, rather than making that something else to get annoyed about yourself or if you say, okay, this is, this is a conditioned experience. This is not self. This is a conditioned experience that, you know, if you said that, you know, to, into the room, anybody who experiences that, please nod your heads. Heads will be going up and down like yo-yos. <laughs> Has anybody experienced any sense of, you know, something wrong with me? So this is a very common element of the relational experience that forms us. A lot of the time we are performing in order to allay or relinquish that feeling of not being quite good enough or sometimes being radically wrong. doesn't mean we haven't done wrong or made mistakes, but this, this sense can be so pervasive and nebulous it doesn't really even need any particular incidents but they will rapidly provide them, if you ask it. (laughs) It will line up the dots for you. And that lining of dots, it will carefully skirt round any good actions that you may have done. It will just line up this really, you you did do that when you were 19 and did this and you never did that properly and you 
probably couldn't do that and you know and even what are you here for anyway just another piece of egotistical um, advertence from responsibility or whatever you know so very so you know everything we do can be stained with this can't it so you know, when you meditate you're shirking your duties and responsibilities you should be out there helping people when you're out there busy you sh- you're just being busy and frantic you should meditate <laughs> when you're with people there you are you know just hopelessly lost into other people's stuff can't you know you're completely dependent upon company and other people when you're on your own you're shut down and avoiding people <laughs> I mean this one's got all the bases covered <laughs> quite in, quite intelligent quite ingenious So, and just because of that, we realize, uh, you know, there is no way you can outperform this fellow. <laughs> this one is always one step ahead of the game. Likelihood your performance won't be quite up to scratch anyway. And then, you know, any feeling that it is, it will criticize you for being self-satisfied striving, conceited. There's no way you can outperform this one because it's, it's ahead of the game. So what you mean by the being in, you know, being in this sphere, this sphere. And the being, the sense of who is in that sphere can't get out of that sphere because that's what they're in. That's what they're inexorably welded to. And as you move, you drag the whole sphere with you. <laughs> it's like trying to run away from your shadow. It just doesn't... You can run a thousand miles and it's still right there. You can't outperform it. You can't outrun it. So you have to turn the light on it. This is the light of the Brahma Vihara. Towards myself. Why are you always thinking about yourself? Uh huh. Quick, isn't it? (laughs) Shouldn't you be concerned for other people? Look, if you can't do it to yourself, what are you pumping out to other people? You know, this is where you can really get the, the. the the uh, the feeling of it yeah. now because in a way we can't outrun the shadow you have to re- almost remember the light yeah. you, don't, you know you try thinking of all the good things you've done and the inner tyrant will outperform you every time So what really helps me come back to the relational sense, what's it like to 
be loved? What's it like if we could be loved? What's it like if we could be seen with goodwill? This in a way is a gift we can give each other, but because our relational sense is so apprehensive, sometimes it's even difficult from another. We think, you know, is that true? Am I making it up? Is there some agenda here? Are they imposing on me? You know, back off with that meta. What's going to be coming up? Where's the bill? You know? <laughs> I don't feel quite safe here. So we have to try. It's just in a in a retreat. You know, the time just being here. And what's it like to be seen? Can we remember that? Even if it was your dog. I think this is why people have animals, particularly dogs. They turn those big brown eyes up at you. Complete trust and uh, you're the only one that matters at that time. Those dogs are great uh, herd, herd creatures, aren't they? So anyway, we just we just remember that that moment when someone and it could be not necessarily massive, but just the small acts of kindness that occur every day. You know, someone you know helps you along, or, you know, lets you go first in the food line. Says, "Oh, after you, please." These small acts of recognition. Another person has said, "This is for you." Hey, this is just for you. You don't. No, you don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to even know your name. I don't want anything more out of it. But just, this is just for you. Yeah. Just because I like doing that. Because we do. I like doing that. Feel good. Remember when it's come when it's come this way. Remember when it's come this way. When it's come towards. What that felt like. What it felt like the moment of protection, you know, when someone got you out of a jam, you were nursed, you were healed, and someone took away a pain, the gratitude and uh, having been helpless, one was helped any small way. You know, someone off operated your cell phone for you. <laughs> Whatever it was, you know, that, that feeling of a frustration and a pain and somebody says, I'll take that away. And I'll take that away. So these can be kind of small things, but it's this the nerve ending we want to touch. As you touch it, expanding the meaning of that. I was helpless. I didn't know. I was down. Somebody took away or intended or leaned towards taking away that pain or that frustration from me. They didn't have to. They just, you know, I was vulnerable and somebody stepped in. What what that can feel like, remember that. Mudita, the sense of enjoyment, being enjoyed. So somebody really 
enjoys what you, your presence, admires, offers gratitude, a sense of uh, you were seen as not just need, you know, someone who needed some help, but someone who's really enjoyable. And it's a kind of light uh, feeling, like kind of bubbly, it's not serious. It's a, a bubbly pleasure, a pleasure of, of, of enjoying, being enjoyed, being seen, experienced as enjoyment. We play sports together. We have played games together. We dance together. We just have to sit around and rap enjoy each other's company we like to do this mm-hmm. not, it's not meaning anything it's not making anything work it's not understanding anything it's no performance it's just the, the sheer sharing of energy sharing time and the, the sense of realising that one is you know, one is enjoyable one can enjoy others one can be enjoyed remember that we weren't always kind of tight and got to make it work Pekar, remember the times when we were listened to and there was no attempt to fix, analyze, understand or change you in any way. Just a resonator, a sounding board. Someone really there, definitely listening, you know, mm, that kind of quality. And yet they're not making any kind of adjustments to that and how we felt somehow that our tightness or our predicament loosened in that we felt a sense of expansion and you could see it for yourself you see it for yourself they give you the chance to see yourself to see for yourself they're letting you be autonomous but they're giving you the, the kind of helping you to open so you can see yourself so you get a sense of inner strength with that you can do it and they're just helping you to widen to the place where you can see yourself this is equanimity these are important things to to cultivate to to myself to others as to myself and in this retreat experience really you know, making it, taking the opportunity to do it or bring it around to yourself, to your being in. So as a, as a meditation, we may very well just start feeling that sense of centeredness and stability and actually a lot of not doing. Just a lot of not doing. A lot of not understanding, not progressing, a lot of not doing. What's it like to be here? And, and this sense of that kind of openness and that restfulness you may 
sense some of these atmospheres of should be doing something or what's the point of this then or feeling a bit sleepy or reminds me of retreats going in a couple of days, yada yada. And then it's behind that. Like something is interested saying, well, how are you? Behind that, how are you? How are you? Just doing in your in your not doing. May you be well. I'd like to offer you something. I see you in your strength. I see you in your beauty. I see you in your presence. This is fine with me. I like to see you in that. Kind of sense something like that. Imagine being seen, really seen. Imagine like when I see you, when that seeing sees you in your crampedness, in your flusteredness, in your awkwardness, in your uncertainty. As that seeing says, I'd like to take that away from you. I'd like to, I'd like to relieve you of that. You don't have to get rid of it, but just that's what... There's nothing, nothing being done here, because that's the, that's the, that's the movement of intention. I'd like to. I'm not going, not going to, but I'd like to. So some of that, those reflexes that uh, seem so embedded, is bathing those reflexes with. I'd like to help you stop doing that. It's okay if you want to keep doing it, but you know. imagine being seen by something, a presence, an awareness that gives you back to yourself. Says, what a fine person you are. You're really okay. How wonderful. Underneath the personality. Very basic sense. 
Sometimes this is, some of this stuff uh, can be almost very difficult to bear. We sense how guarded or apprehensive or reactive our systems can be. So it's a very gentle quality to it. And equanimity, perhaps the most profound, wisest, maybe in some ways the most useful. Wherever you are, I see you being with that. Bigger than that. Passing through that. This too will change. I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt that you will pass through this. Up and down. Up and down. I see you being able to pass through this. Very strengthening. No answers here. Nothing is needed. Giving you back to yourself. These are tonalities you might like to touch into in your sitting. And with this kind of practice, the emphasis on turning down the doing, making the focus very wide, quiet, being seen, gently being seen. Being then parts, the face being seen, the throat being seen. Some parts may be okay, other parts you know, take a little bit of opening. sides of the body, the abdomen. It's as if there's light flowing towards these around these areas. Feeling perhaps the tissues knowing that. We've all been in at some time we have been in a place that is purely for our welfare. Even when we're very, very tiny. Tissues can still remember that. What it's like to not have to do or hold or make. Being seen in this boundless abiding, this boundless sphere. If we just touch into any of that as is useful or pertinent, 
And then when we practice walking, walking through that space. So walking is very helpful for maintaining the sense of orientation. By this I mean that we don't lose ourselves, we don't lose our sense of center. Because in walking, movement of the body got a very, it's gentle, it's got a kind of reassuring quality of, you know, you've got some substance here, you're not just immaterial. And then walking through that quality of light, non-obtrusive, non-invasive, feeling that through your skin, how the space around us, immediately around us, is always free from obstruction, free from intrusion. We are breathing that in. We are opening into that. We are forming within that a moment at a time. And it completely allows and supports that. Walking. The beauty of it. And how the body can do it. Its own knowledge, its own balance, its own senses. So this morning practice, and particularly this time, just to remember the, for this particular occasion, first thing we are cultivating is towards this being, ourselves, and just being really aware and sensitive to intrusion, however good one's intention is, just having the trust of allowing the equanimity to allow people to be in their own space so that each and every one of us can really feel our own space, even when, it, even when it's difficult, you know, even when it's got some stuff in it, you know. That equanimity, of, I, you will pass, if you want to offer anything, offer that sense of you will pass, I know you will pass through this. And just kind of make sure that those gentle boundaries are sustained. And so... We give each other the time to be who we have to be right now and the encouragement to practice with it. <laughs> 